Hello and welcome to the Stress Sessions podcast. I'm Luke, but you know that already because you've probably listened to this already. This is series four, episode six, and this week I am probably going to get straight into it because it's quite a long one. It's quite a long podcast, this one, but I'll tell you what, it was one of the best purely because I had the pleasure of chatting to the Corden sisters, Ruth and Ange, and it was it was hilarious. They they've got their own podcast called Finding the Funny, and I listened to some of them um, before. But I listened to the Ramesh Ranganathan one just before I spoke to them, and it's so funny. And they kind of lived up to all my expectations when I spoke to them on the stress sessions. Um, it might start off a little bit weird because, well, I <laughs> I basically spoke to Ruth for half an hour before um her sister turned up because she had an emergency so she turned up about half an hour into the podcast record so I, st- I started off from then um so if you're wondering what's going on at the start that is <laughs> that is the reason but um yeah this week has been an interesting one because I didn't put the podcast out um I chose to do that because I wasn't in the right mood I think what people don't understand when I'm kind of creating and editing these is that you have to be in the right frame of mind. And when you're in a really, not really bad, but when you're in a not great place mentally, it's really hard to sit down and concentrate on editing a podcast that's pretty much all about mental health. So I chose not to put that out this week for that reason. So you're getting this a week later. So apologies for that, but it is a good one. It was worth the wait. So without further ado, here is the stress sessions with... Ruth and Ange Corden. Welcome to the Stress Sessions, Patty and Ange. How is it going? (laughs) We are good, Luke. Thank you. How are you? I'm amazing because I'm speaking to you and I've had the fortunate, (laughs) I've had a fortunate turn of events, which means that I've spoken to you for almost half an hour already. So I'm like in a great mood now. I mean, we all know each other very well now, Luke. Well, I, I don't so much because I was late. No, because you were late. late. Yeah. yeah. The reason <laughs> yeah. the reason Luke and I have spent the last twenty five minutes together is because Patty was late. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Let's just put it out there. Yeah. It's, it's just like st- stylishly crashing the party. Exactly. Yeah. I've yeah. got more important things to do, more important places to be, to be honest, guys. You could just carry this up. Insulted Luke by saying you have no, more, more important more, places. More an insult to you, really, Ange, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No surprise <laughs> to me that. Yeah. I mean, I'll let you off because it was a it was a more pressing matter than talking about trainers. So yeah, sure, I'll let yeah, you off sure. this time. Yeah. We just yes. enjoyed the trainer chat, didn't we? Luke? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and and I'm just now going to watch Space Jam and be really, really disappointed because it's not that a great film, but I love it. So, yeah. And I'm going to watch Space it just Jam. because I want to give my opinion on it. So Space I Jam. shall be sure to let you know, Luke. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. But the, So the first question <laughs> that I'm going to ask you both is, what is the one song that puts you in a really happy, positive mood when you're in a really shit mood? I know this straight away, as I said Go. to you earlier, Luke, when we were Go. in our sort of little time beforehand. So my one song that will automatically shift my mood, make me happy, make I me want to dance. I bet we're going to say the same one. I bet we're going to say the same I one. hope you do. I hope you do. Is, is, is it by Whitney Houston? Whitney Houston's no. I Want to Dance somebody. with Somebody. No yes, that is. I do. That is the song. That's like, same for I, me. If I chuck it on, if I put it in my car, if I put it on, if I'm doing, if I'm doing the, am I allowed to swear, Luke? 
Yeah, of course you can. Yes. Okay, just checking. <laughs> um, if I'm if I'm doing the shittiest jobs in the house, yeah. so like cleaning the toilets or folding bloody laundry or putting laundry on, actually, all yeah. of that stuff. Laundry. Why are you calling it laundry? Laundry. Laundry. Why are you calling it laundry? You've you... been watching too much of the Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Why would you call it then? Washing. Put the washing on. Laundry. Yeah, put the washing on. No, this the one. Luke's with me. It's the washing. Laundry is very American. You've been watching too much. Is... Giving up. Yeah. It's You've like, do you take out the trash? Or do, you, do you put the do you put the bins out or do you take the trash out? Well, no, I'd always say bins. But I've really <laughs> gone in. I've always I've really gone into laundry at the moment. Yeah, you've gone into laundry. I've noticed it a couple of times that you are yeah. loving. That is crass from keeping up with the Kardashians. Crass. 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 <laughs> it's because basically my spare room has become what I now call the laundry room. <laughs> you are American. You are American. You are giving it big time laundry for Yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah, that, I'm, I'm actually said quite washing, myself. You'd have actually. said washing six, six months to a year ago. You'd yeah. have said I've got to put the washing on or I've got to put the washing out or I've got to, you know, I'm got actually, some washing to do. I'm actually quite annoyed at myself now. Yeah. Well, this is the stress laundry. session, so get stressed about it. I'm stressing yeah. about using the shitting word laundry. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, back to the song. That is the that's song. the same for me. I just absolutely love, love it. it. Yeah, it's just. I mean, Whitney, just in general, Whitney. Like, I think you could put on like a ton of her songs, and I'd be apart yeah. from the ones that are a bit more, you know, depressing. Depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but all of her upbeat stuff. I also really like. Um, it's not right, but it's okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it. That one. 25, That's sec- 25 one. seconds only, 25 seconds only. Otherwise, I you think I actually needed about five. Fine. <laughs> um, that's another banger of a Whitney tune. That yeah, would be another is. one that would really kind of get me going. But yeah, that's mine. And I also really like, I know that Anne doesn't like this one of hers, but I also like, uh, if you think. Oh, I like it. You know it really well. Oh, say. Oh, you make me know it. Down, left, right. What's the end? Palace, palace. 25 seconds. 25 seconds, Palace. 25 seconds. I didn't say any of the words, did I? No. You were just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just going with the one word that you know. Say. Say every other word of the song. Called Million Dollar Bill. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I I don't feel like a million dollar bill. Million. Million. (laughs) Million. Million. Sorry, Luke. Sorry, Luke. Million dollars. We're like we're like this a lot. It's quite yeah. Dickish, sorry, right? we are going to have to really rein it in. Rein it in. It's not yeah, our podcast. No, yeah. Luke. You don't need to rein anything in. It'll be like that. Will they shut the fuck up? At any when point we soon? get in front of these mics, Luke, we just become yeah. complete dickheads. <laughs> well, you're, you're cheering me up, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go, Luke. We're we're on the same vein, Pat's and I, with the whole Whitney. Yeah. What's I'm yours? Shocked. What's my? I don't know. I can't answer that question. Luke, <laughs> has no one else thrown that question right, so, back to you? No. Ah, oh, maybe. Right. So the reason why I can't answer it is because, and it's the same re- reason why the last guest said that he picked a song, but he couldn't pick an ultimate song. Okay. Need, I need to be in a certain mood for certain music. So if there's like, right, it depends. If I'm like in an upbeat mood, actually, no, because mm. I won't be in an upbeat mood because I'll be in a shit mood. I was... You want to cheer yourself up. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, I don't know. I would probably say... 
Oh my god! So, like, my favourite band is Fall Out Boy, which oh yeah, again, I don't know is... Fall Out Boy, Fall Out Boy, I don't know Fall Out Boy, Fully Boy, Fully Boy. I don't know Fall Out Boy. I don't know Fall Out Boy. But like anything that's quite upbeat and that I can sort of like, I so, think, okay, so then Fall Out Boy. Sometimes they're not. Like they're, they're quite. Not, they're they're quite not majorly. Emo-y. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. emo. I'd say they're pretty yeah. like guitars and depressive. So oh. I, as up I, as Blink One Eight Two. <laughs> yeah, I, I well, I'm going to go with. Well, I don't really know. Go on, yes, no, do. I'm going to go with the Prodigy. Smack my bitch up because. Oh my gosh! It's just an absolute banger. It's an absolute banger. Yeah, my friend, Big Fat C. Yeah. That's one of her favourite songs. Is it? Smack my bitch up. What yeah. song puts you in a really good mood? Prodigy, smack my bitch smack up. My bitch up. <laughs> That's there's a lot about you, Luke. In all honesty, <laughs> do you know what? what? You there's know what? another tune. Oh, go on, go on, Luke. No, I I like it because the you know that like, there's the intro where it builds up and builds up and yeah. builds up. I know the exact mm. point where the sort of like bass kicks Bang. in. I know it's the exact. It's, it's about yeah, it's about forty seconds in. So I'm always like waiting for that. The beat drops. Yeah. yeah. There's it. another great tune, a current, more current. Well, it's, it's probably a little bit old, but there's a tune called uh, "Lovesick" by Muramasa. Have you ever heard that? No. No. Oh my gosh, that that tune is. An and you can only have banger. one. So let's. I know. I'm just greedy. Come on. I know. I just wanted to put that out there because if greedy you haven't guts. listened to it, you absolutely greedy guts. Patty, get it, find it. Lovesick. It features. I think it features ASAP Rocky. It does. It features ASAP Rocky. Oh, okay. It's called, um, yeah, Lovesick by a band called Muramasa. It is an app. It's like real, like, like really just getting it's a bit. Going. It's a bit too up to date for me because I think once you hit a certain age, like. How you know, old are I you, just, Luke? I'm oh. 32. Oh, we could have oh, well then. young. We could have you're done a well guess. young. No, but do, right, age? so do you not think that when you hit a certain age, you stop listening to current no. music? So you literally no, get trapped in the past. And she's, no? and she's 10 years older than you. Oh, more than 10. And she's like 14 years older than you. And she's still all about I am. I, I love all the current stuff. I mean, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I love my old school shit. You know, the stuff yeah, from the yeah. 80s, 90s, all that. Love it. But I also love the, the current stuff as well. I love. I don't know if that's like... you're, you're in here as Russell Rook. You know that, right? <laughs> what? You're in here as Russell Rook. <laughs> oh, am I? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I did. I was like, do you need to I come out think... in case he needs this? Yes. No, it's fine. It's fine. You can be Russell. No, but her boss no, might need to log to in... get into it. I think he still will be able to. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You can... Russell yeah. and Patty is fine. No, but if, if her boss needs, <laughs> if to, get my into, boss needs to get into his, his Zoom account, oh. if she's on it, can he still access it? I just saw it come up. Well, let, let's just know. keep going. And if, yeah, I could actually probably see if he's got anything in. Have a quick look. I didn't even know. Do you know, it's because I've been doing shit for him this morning. So I've been in there. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, who's Russell Brook? I was like, have you changed your name? It's Patty and Russell. Shit, and also I'm also sometimes called Russell, as in the character Russell from Up. So it all yeah. works out. Uh, yeah. Let me have a look and see what he's got in his diary. Oh, well, he's supposed to be in a Zoom now. Oh, well, he must be in then. Is he on this Zoom? Am I speaking to Russell Rook as well? <laughs> he's like just yeah. hiding in the background somewhere. <laughs> Russell, what's your upbeat song that always puts you? <laughs> Why don't we go and gate crash his zoo? 
Yeah, he's currently meeting with Liz. Oh, well, then he must oh. be fine then. Well, unless he's well? late. <laughs> it's like a seance. Is Liz here? <laughs> Liz, can you hear us? Please you make yourself known. Give us a sign if you're here, Liz. <laughs> um, yeah, but what if he's running late? Look, do you just no. want to come out? I mean, we're going to have to restart the question again. It's not going to be organic because Luke's going to lose this unless he saves this as well. Why don't we just leave it and see? Because if he's, yeah, if he's struggling, on. he'll call me, won't he? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's all good because I can just edit. Edit, edit, edit and tools are edit. amazing. It's all edit. good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Let's just leave it. And I'm, sure. I'm very just, sure I didn't realise. Will you just bloody leave it? <laughs> leave Look, it. Muscle. Pipe down. <laughs> Pipe down, muscle. <laughs> Let's get on with yeah. it. Okay, right. I should have shut up now. Yeah, we'll shut up now, Luke. We'll let yeah. me carry on. That's all right. It's all good. It's all good. So, <laughs> as as I can tell from like both of your report and from the podcast, you're like you're so close. Does <laughs> and I'm going to start with like a really soft sort of mental health question here. But having really close family like you guys, does that really help your mental health? Do you think? Um. Yeah. I. I think. I think. Uh, I I sometimes think there can be an expectation that you talk about. Every, I, I would definitely say for Ange, sometimes I can perhaps have the expectation that she should share everything that's going on with me. And Ange and I are exceptionally close, but we're mm. quite different. And we're very similar in lots of ways. You know, we're both incredibly compassionate. We want to help people. We're really kind. We're very sociable. We, you know, but we're, I'm probably much more heart on my sleeve than Angie is. And I sometimes mm. think we, there can be a bit of a, you know, there's been times before where we've had to say to it, she's had to perhaps say to me, well, I, you know, I find that difficult. I don't find it easy to share that stuff. Mm. And, you know, and I have the expectation that people should do that. And I suppose a closeness is amazing. And I suppose the way that it, from my perspective, that it would help our mental health is that we are a constant in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess there has to be an understanding that not everybody shares things in the same way. And when you're exceptionally close to somebody, you know, I've had to learn that perhaps it's, it's all right. If Anne doesn't want to tell me that as much as I would tell her, mm. it's all right. It, you know, I think, yeah, <clears throat> I think the thing is, it, like as a as a first kind of uh, thought about how we help each other with our mental health is that I know I could ring Patty at three in the morning Same. and say to her, perhaps something awful's happened or I'm struggling with this or, and I know she would just be there and she would do anything for me and vice versa. And I think yeah. if you know you've got people in your life that you can go to, <laughs> at whatever time of day it might be, I think yeah. automatically that is going to be a help to you mentally and the way that somebody can support you. So I think first and foremost, that's what we both are for each other mm-hmm. is that is that point of call at any point that we might need each other. Yeah. So I think for me, knowing I have someone like Pat's there always is a huge comfort and strength to me. So I think for me, my mental health, knowing that is, is huge. But I do think because we do come at things in quite different ways a lot of the time, we have had to sort of learn how we deal with things, how we process things, how I'm very much like if I've got a lot going on and I'm maybe feeling a bit overwhelmed or a bit stressed and a bit struggling with stuff, I, I'm a real retreater. Mm. I just kind of go... <laughs> 
I came inside myself. I should kind of shut down a little bit. Um, and I don't really want to be with anyone or talk to anyone. I'm, I'm, that's my kind of automatic go-to. Whereas Pat's is very opposite. I think, aren't you, Pat? So you, you, you will kind of, you want to say to someone what's happening for you or going on or. I think it depends. Who, I, th- I think, I think it can take me a bit of time to get there, but yeah, eventually I, w- I will. Yeah. I will so I think we it. both, but I think that's again where we're, I think we're good for each other mm. because Pat's helps me to verbalize some of that stuff sometimes mm. that I might very quickly just keep in. Um, so I think, that's where she's really good for me because she will sort of say, and what's going on? Like, you're not right at the moment. There's stuff, you know, you just don't seem right. And I think that's a good thing for us. We're very, I suppose, because we have got this real closeness, this, this mm. very close bond, we do very quickly pick up on yeah. something's not right. Like <clears throat> you know, you're not talking to me much. You've gone a bit quiet. Is everything okay? And vice versa. So I think, I think definitely from that, that very first thought as far as our mental health goes to have for us to both have each other is a huge huge positive for us both and I think we've just learned over the years how we we go and we deal with things in slightly different ways and that also is okay and and that actually Pat's is good for me in lots of ways and vice versa we we kind of are are good for each other and help each other um but yeah I I, think the other the other thing that I would say, just really quickly before we move on, but I would say the other thing that I know that I've got with Ange is complete honesty. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes in friendships, you don't always get that. And I know that I know above, all and above anything else, I know Ange has a deep love and respect for me. That is the first and foremost thing in our relationship. We deeply love mm-hmm. each other. We deeply respect each other. We're never going to cut each other off. I I could mm. I couldn't think of anything that would mean I would stop talking to Andrew. I couldn't I couldn't even never. think of one thing that would make us no. not talk to each other. So I think when Andrew's honest with me, even if in the moment I can become a bit defensive and a bit a bit hard and a bit like I don't like this, I know that that honesty is from a place of deep deep love and for, mm. from a place of her wanting the best for me. So in terms of my mental health and in terms of managing stresses, if mm. Ange says to me, actually, that's out of order, like, mm-hmm. that's not fair. You're not being fair here. You're like, you're for whatever reason, mm. as much as I might find that hard to hear yeah. when I go away and think about it, I'm like, well, it's because she loves me that she's done mm. that mm. and she wants the best for me. And that's only positive in our emotional well-being yeah, when we definitely. know that people are sharing honest, honest, difficult stuff with us from a point of love. Yeah. That yeah. is, I'm so fortunate that I've got somebody that will say, will be really honest with me and tell me how it is, but do it from a point of view of only wanting the best for me. Yeah. So that's a real comfort as well, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I've not had the opportunity to ask anybody that question before because I've not been fortunate enough to have two siblings on the podcast. Which, so it's amazing yeah. to be able to mm-hmm. ask you that. But the reason why mm-hmm. I asked it is because I think over the last, I'd say probably four or five years, I, I mean, I'd never spoken about my mental health before I started this podcast properly. Yeah. And that was kind of one of the reasons why I started it. But I've got a really good relationship with my own little sister. And she's about, Aww. she's six years younger than me. And because she's now grown up and is an adult, I mm. can happily speak to her about my mental health and go yeah. to with anything. And I know that she'll Aww. be the same with me. If yeah. if she has a problem and, and she's going for a tough time, I know that she can give me a ring, she can give me a text mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just nice to know that you're there for each other. And I think that, that yeah, in, in, a, in a family unit, that's so important, I think. Oh, yeah. And I think such a, 
it's such a, a, a special relationship. And actually, I think I've got friends that don't have particularly good relationships with their siblings. And, and I feel like, oh, my gosh, I am so grateful that yeah. I have the relationship I have with mine. That And, and even, you know, we both have a, a brother. And I think the, the bond that the three of us have is, mm. is, is something that's, you know, even though, especially with James, you know, we might go for quite a long time without seeing him or, you know, there's limited contact there. I, again, I know we both know if we ever needed anything, he, oh, yeah. he would absolutely, even though he's, yeah. you know, thousands of miles away. Mm. So I think really I, I, I'm so grateful and fortunate for the relationship I have with yeah. my siblings and actually fully aware of how actually some people <clears throat> don't have have that and I, and I think that's yeah. something we have to really treasure um yeah. because yeah lots of people don't have it and I think it's important to be able to be that open and honest with with kind of like siblings and, and close family like that because yeah at the end of the day if you're struggling they want to know about it Might, like, nine times out of ten so yeah I think and don't get me wrong I didn't have that relationship with my sister like all all along it's, it's kind of built yeah. up to that but it's I think like you've both said you kind of need to learn about each other and yeah as an adult absolutely. growing up and yeah. you kind of get to know the ways that they deal with stuff to then be able to yeah. help them in the right way yeah that's definitely true yeah yeah I, I, I mean that's, that's lovely to hear I love that answer oh I'm so pleased you have such a good relationship with your sister Luke as well that's really good yeah I mean and it's 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 got better and better over the years but I think mm. that is because we are both adults now and we both understand yeah. how difficult adulthood is and oh, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of challenges that come along the way so yeah I saw a great thing on Instagram the other day that said adulting is a bowl is a bowl of soup and I'm a fork <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah totally. Like, oh god if there's anything that sums up how I feel adulting is a bowl of soup and I'm a fork that's it that's it <laughs> like you know how do you pause how do you fully get a, a a grip on and I think you know for young people there's such a desire isn't there I remember like being in my like mid to late teens thinking I just want to live on my own and I want to be able to drive and I want to have access to my own money and and you sort of get there and you just sort of go shit is this it I want to go <laughs> back yeah I, go I feel back. like I'm trying to eat a bowl of soup with a fork here what's going on it's, it's mad isn't it because when you're when you're a kid and you're struggling as a child Mm. and adults go oh you're gonna like these are the best years of your life you're gonna yeah, yeah. they really are and you know oh, when you're like they re- oh, you don't realize it. Like, yeah. i'm struggling i'm struggling here as a kid no, you, no seriously you wait till you're an adult you're you're fucked yeah. <laughs> basically <laughs> basically you know, you're look, gonna be trying to eat spoon eat soup with a fork with a fork yeah. i nearly said I look, eat spoon. look i also look i do think you know look i if if we're talking about mental health young people have got a really tough time I don't I wouldn't want to be a teenager now like I I wouldn't I I wouldn't want to have the perfectionist pressure and culture of social media the hustle culture of you know you've got to keep striving the only way you're going to get your goals is if you work and work and work and work you know the the constant news cycle especially at the moment like Mm. I remember the way I got bad news as a teenager was we sat around the kitchen table and we had the six o'clock news on and we talked about what was going on in the world but now I you know my niece and nephew can look at their phone and see a bomb's gone off in the Ukraine like it's Mm. like you know there is a heightened sense of anxiety for young people um and I and I think that ultimately if we want to create healthy adults 
mental health services are stretched more than they've ever been in their life you know to mm. get a referral to um to get a referral to get support and help is almost impossible and we are living mm. in a I, I absolutely believe we're living in a mental health epidemic in this country for for, for teenagers you know I, I read a stat I think it was Young Minds put out a stat that said in the last two years referrals to uh, child and adolescent mental health services have gone up by 385 percent wow uh, in the last two years and there was already a hundred thousand young people on the waiting list anyway across the country like how 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 do we expect to create well-rounded adults if we don't give young people the space and time and money they deserve to talk about their mental health mm. you know so many adults get to adulthood and have, have had so much stuff in their teenage years that has been so difficult for them um but, you know, and so I think there's a there's a whole greater conversation, isn't there, about how do we support young people to access the help and support they need? And what do you do as a young person if you haven't got a sibling or a parent that you can talk to? Mm. You know, it's it's hard, isn't it? Anyway, yeah. I'll try not to bring the conversation down too much. No, no, I mean... Yeah. Come on, I, Paz, keep it light. Come on, keep it light, keep it I, light, really, yeah. I totally agree with... So, <laughs> like you said, with, with the whole, like, Ukraine thing going on at the minute, it's live. You Like, anybody can find out what's going on with it. Like, you can literally yeah. watch footage of it like minutes or seconds yeah, before yeah. it's come out you can go on Whereas tiktok it... right and see stuff yeah yeah like you can, well, i was I think... looking at the location services on tiktok the other day you can you can click on people in filming it who are filming it you know you think mm. the amount of young people who've got snapchat and tiktok like you know mm. well i had that exact exact thing with my daughter um and she's actually quite um savvy when it when it comes to knowing the things that are not helpful for her to see or read or you know she's quite good at sort of being able to say okay I need need to sort of skip past that or I don't want to look at that and she's quite good at that um but she actually ended up watching a video on TikTok Mm. um that was feel something to do with a a dad in Kiev that had to say goodbye to his children basically and they were going on this train and he was and this was a Sunday night, probably around 10 o'clock at night. She was in bed, had a look at it. Next thing, she calls me, mum, can you come up and talk to me? I've just like seen it, watched this video. And so I went up with her. I mean, she was in floods of tears. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I was sort of trying to say to her, Nels, you can't, you know, you mustn't, you just got to flick past this stuff. And she goes, I know I normally do, but I just, I watched it and, and he ended up probably lying with her in her bed for about the next 45 minutes, just kind of talking to her about what she'd seen and sort of trying to sort of put that into some, oh, try and make sense of it somehow, which is even harder than adult to make sense of that or understand what's going on. But I think she she's fortunate that she has me mm. or someone that she could call at 10 o'clock at night and say, mum, I'm, I've just, what and it, but there are so many young people that don't, don't have that, that, don't have that sort of relationship with their parents, mm. don't feel that they could say to them at 10 o'clock at night, this is what I've just watched and I'm really upset mm. by it. So I think there's this whole thing, isn't there, about um, what's available to, to our young people via sort of school or other platforms, mm. other networks that they can access. Because if you don't have that stability at home, you don't have those people, where, where do you go? Who do you exactly. talk to about those things? Um, and and I think in the world that they live in now, everything is yeah on your Accessible. phone, and exactly. you can just see it, and you yeah. can choose to watch it, or you cho- and yeah. you know she generally chooses not to because she knows yeah. the effect it yeah. will have on her. Um, but yeah, I think it's it is 
is such an important part of our lives at the moment is is this kind of the effect that all of this is having on on our young people and you know you, you put into that the last two years that they lived through oh, with a pandemic and not okay, being yeah. in school for months at a time and now and a war that yeah and now a war yeah. bloody hell you know, it's it's just it is yeah it's crazy. It is a frightening place to be and I think I feel that as a, as a grown adult so what the hell do our yeah. young people feel uh, at the during these times but yeah I don't quite know how we ever answer that or make it Solve any better. That, yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a wider political debate, isn't it? Which this yeah. is not, but yeah, it's a, it's a much yeah. wider political uh, yeah. problem, really. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a, I think with the whole kind of like mental health thing, like there's a bit of a mental health pandemic, like you said. Yeah. It's a bit of a hamster wheel, I think, because I think that people have only just started to kind of believe in mental health as a thing over the last couple <laughs> yeah. of years and see it as an actual like it's a problem yeah. that is quite common amongst mm. everybody in mm. in everyday life and that everybody it's like well I think it's like one in four people suffer with a mental illness at some point in their lives wow. it's going to be way more common than that it's yeah. just that people yeah. haven't started opening haven't up about talked it, about but, it yeah, yeah 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 but it's it's a it's a bit of a hamster wheel and I think that until we kind of get to that happy medium where everybody treats everybody with a little bit more respect and yeah it's a bit kind of a bit more like a me so for instance like I was in again I'm going off of the complete tangent here but I was in London we love a tangent we love a tangent (laughs) so let me let me pitch this to you and so I was in London at the weekend and I felt shit I felt really really bad I was with my in-laws I was with my wife and so what basically my wife has entered a competition she was a finalist in the dressmaking competition um in in London um so we we went and watched that and then we planned to go to a gig in the evening Mm -hmm. and I don't know what what switched in me or what whatever happened but I just suddenly felt so unhappy and like Mm -hmm. emotional and I just went to my wife I was like I just feel like I want to break down and cry and I felt like that for Mm -hmm. I don't know like four four hours and the thing that snapped me out of it was going to the gig which was a rock gig with thousands of people around me. People. so weird yeah. um because it was because it was a kind of like I love the band I, I knew all the songs and all of that so that put me in a good mood but mm. what what I wanted to ask you two was how what what would your kind of take be if you saw a bloke breaking down crying in the street and how would you react to that I I definitely stop and ask. I definitely mm. want to make sure that that. In fact, I was out on Saturday night in London, um, watching Saturday Night Fever. Oh, Amazing. Okay. Um, but as we were coming back, there was a group of us. As we were coming back on the tube, uh, we I can't remember where which tube we were on, but there was a, a, a young lad sat on the the bottom of the steps. I don't know if he was crying, but he definitely didn't look like he was in a particularly good place or it and there was probably about I don't know two or three of us that kind of wanted to just sort of make sure he was okay um and you know he was and he but for me I think if I had seen you or somebody in that place feeling that way I my first reaction would be to to stop and just mm. make say are, are you okay do you need any help with anything can I help you with anything um which 
which I know sometimes like people don't do that because there is this kind of like, oh gosh, you know, what, what if there's something really bad going on? What am I going to get myself into? What? But for me, it would just be, it would just be an automatic thing to do. I think, I don't think I would even question myself. I think I would just want to check that you were okay. And, and is there anything I can, I can help you with that? That would be my first and my sort of automatic response. I think. I don't know what I'd do in all honesty. Uh, there'd be a couple of things that would go through my head. Firstly, I think the narrative that we have around women approaching men at the moment is an interesting one. And I think there would be a sense of, I would I would quickly risk assess the situation. And if, if it was in a crowded place, I'd probably feel confident to go up and say, are you okay? Mm. If it was a dark street in London, I probably wouldn't because I, it, mm. there would be a safety element for me in the, se- in the, in the sense that... Uh, we have heard and had loads of tragedy of women being killed and murdered uh, at the hands of men. And that's not to say, you know, it's not all men, but there there have been really high profile deaths. So I think there would be a safety element that I'd want to risk assess. I think secondly, sometimes crying on your own is cathartic. And sometimes people want to cry on their own. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you couldn't just ask the question. No. And so and that, I think I, I honestly think my answer would be I don't know. I don't mm. I, I would love to hope that I would approach them and say, Are you okay? And I think probably the type of person that I am mm. and the compassion that I have for people, it's likely I would do that. But there would be a few, it wouldn't be perhaps quite as instantaneous as what Ange has allured to it would be for her there would there would be a risk assessment that I would do and I think I think uh I don't know that I would want somebody to approach me if I was crying in London on my own I don't know that I would I I, honestly I don't know how I would feel if somebody said are you okay I'd probably just go "Yeah, yeah I'm fine it's it's fine um, yeah, and I, I'm sure that that probably most people would also have that response. I think. Yeah, for me, yeah. I think it is. It is just that, like when we came across this lad, you know, yeah. sitting on. Yeah, you know, at, at that point there were lots of people around. Yeah, you I was with people. But I think yeah, it's different. I think there's always those things that you kind of. If I was on my own, if it was dark, would I probably not, or I'd be a bit more cautious about that. But I think, I think anybody who for me anyway anyone I come across if I'm in a place where I feel like actually I this is a safe place I'm, I feel okay there's lots of people around I my first reaction would always be to just say are you okay, you okay? is, yeah, is there I anything I can help you with well, I think yeah. and I, I but I think actually that is probably quite a rare thing I think maybe a lot of people don't do that maybe because of like the reasons you said Pat's people do kind of go oh gosh that's going on but I'm just going to carry on walking because mm. I actually don't want to so and I, and I think there is something there about how we are as a as people and a you know community that we live in actually we probably have become very um I don't know a bit more kind of we do step back a bit more we don't kind of show that initial kind of concern for people and care for people and actually if we did if we all did that a bit more you know would we make the world a better place would we make the places we live maybe a bit better and I think that is something we all probably just need to have a th- have a think about and and sort of address to some some degree um but yeah interesting question you ask because well the the reason why I've asked is because I'll put my hands up and say that a couple of years ago I wouldn't have stopped and asked if somebody's all right I would have just mm. I, w- I would have assessed that 
situation like patty said and and mm. thought oh they've either been drinking they've had too much to drink so they're just probably in a bit of a state or mm. oh they're a bit they're a bit of a weirdo for sort of just standing there and or sitting there and crying on their own i would have immediately especially if mm. it was a bloke i'd have mm. stereotyped that bloke very quickly and gone yeah they've had too much to drink they're mm. like oh they're they're a bit of a mess and i that's honestly what I would a couple of years ago how I would have reacted to that situation so I just thought Mm. I'll ask you guys because it's it's putting the shoe on the other foot really isn't it because Mm. you I think now I know how the other side of that yeah yeah so it's Mm. it's just interesting because now Mm. I would react completely differently because of of kind of the stuff that I've been through over the last couple of years and Mm. what I've Mm. learned as a as a human being I would react completely differently in that situation yeah yeah but it's it's interesting because yeah it is I think if it 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 was if it was a a a lady or a a woman Mm. like breaking down somebody would be a lot they're they're a lot more approachable to console than the the bloke would be I think yeah but I wonder I wonder how a guy would feel about approaching a woman on their own who was crying and trying to console you know again with the kind of high profile stuff that's happened I think yeah I think there's a there's an unwritten rule at the moment in society isn't there and lots of men would be well-meaning but may think oh god like she's in a very vulnerable moment at the moment I'm probably not the best person Mm. to approach her and ask if she's okay I don't want to you know alarm her or it's, it's just that you know that whole that whole conversation around gender stereotypes and how we pigeonhole genders and um yeah it's an interesting sort of wider debate but I do wonder how many men would feel comfortable approaching Mm. a woman on her own who was crying in London I think I think the conversation would be very similar actually in terms of like I wouldn't want to Mm. you know alarm her or Mm. my intentions would be wholesome and good but I am aware of some of the narrative around Mm. what's happened to women recently so yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting conversation for sure. Mm, yeah, yeah. Ange, can you I tell mum f- to shut up, please, in the background? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd ask because it's it's just yeah, interesting to t- hear different people's perspectives on it. But yeah, yeah, in- interesting answers. We can hear mum. We can hear mum chatting on in the background. I just told her. So can you yeah. just keep your voices down, please? Yeah, Luke is getting very angry here. Luke is getting very pissed off. She's making herself a cup of tea. She's making herself a cup of tea. Cup of tea, of course she is. Tea is Margs' favourite thing. Yeah, it's her life. (laughs) Tea is life, to be fair. It is, actually, yeah. Although Patty doesn't drink tea. (laughs) I don't drink drink tea, but yeah. You drink coffee? Who the hell? Uh, Yeah, only like wanky, swanky lattes and shit. I wouldn't wouldn't ever make myself like a... She's not like your hardcore coffee. She's not kind of hardcore coffee fan. I'm a latte, I'm a like caramel latte, macchiato kind of girl. I mean, I can stand that shit. That's fair. Do you like that shit, Luke? Yeah, I like... So mine's flat white. Oh, I love a flat white. I can't do a flat white. It's too strong. Yeah. So you're not really actually a coffee fan. You're a milk fan. You know, I'm not a fan of you. You. (laughs) I'm going to move on from the milk talk. Thank you, Luke. Yes, quickly move on. That's how we help each other's mental health, Luke. It's just that brutal, horrible honesty. Shift shift it. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You're getting on. You're annoying yeah. me. Let's move on. You're the problem. <laughs> yeah, not the milk. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
Um, so I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, Patty, because I really wanted to speak to you about it because I read about it online and I think you spoke about it on this morning, but you were struck with infertility, like which you found out about a number of years ago. And yeah. I, I, I wanted to bring it up because I, I don't know if I read it on your article. I've read, I've read it in a few different articles that men don't speak openly about infertility and the Agreed. problems that come with it because it's, it's yeah. a very, it's, it's a kind of grey area, I think, for men because yeah. we don't fully understand it. And I admit, I don't fully understand it. But I wanted to bring it up because I work within communications in my company and I actually worked on a fertility guide for oh. my company um, in the HR part. So I do sort of get it, but I don't. But why I brought it up is because I, I just wanted to see, like, from a, again, from a mental health perspective, the the impact I, I spoke to a couple of different people and I spoke to a bloke that had gone through the whole fertility cycle and it had worked for him after a couple of cycles and um it was basically the, the guy was to sort of advertise that you get time off at work and it's it's something that not a lot of companies do but from from your perspective how how did you kind of deal with that from a mental health perspective once you had gone through all of that and found out that you yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think, uh, like, I put a post up on Instagram a few months ago. I, I, I'll always grieve the baby I never had, I suppose, really. And I mm. think infertility it never leaves you, even if you go on to have successful treatment or you go on to grow your family. That, that desperate longing, that watching everybody else in your life get the very thing you want, feeling like you're on the sidelines, not really knowing what your purpose is. I think, I think the infertility space is a female-dominated space. And I think from a very black and white, uh, broad brushstroke perspective, women are, are on the whole externally processing and men on the whole are internally processing. And I think the reason women, are, uh, there are more women that talk about it in that space is because women go, I need a glass of wine and my girlfriends, guys go, I want to retreat to my cave. And that is very broad brushstroke. I know that that's very stereotypical, but on the whole, that that is the way that men and women often function. Uh, so I think women go, I want to talk about this and men go, I don't really. And, and you know, 50 percent of infertility problems will be because of male factor infertility. Yeah. There is no doubt about that. Um, we actually had someone on our podcast who is now a really good friend of mine called Sean, who's got a zoospermia. He got mumps when he was in his early 20s and he has got zero sperm as a result. And they've just had twins via sperm donation uh and he's really honest he's got a great account called knackered knackers and if there's anybody listening who has got male factor infertility i would absolutely recommend them to find sean and to seek him out on social media he is a brilliant voice in this community uh, in terms of my own mental health it was fucking awful that's the only way i can sum it up honestly it was it was there were two years in the center of my journey we still don't have kids we're still childless uh, I am moving towards saying child free rather than childless. And that seems like a tiny difference, but there's a huge difference in my mental health and the way that I approach that. If I'm child free rather than childless, there's a really big difference for me in my language there. Uh, we've never grown our family. Matthew and I are, you know, it, it's us too. And I talk about growing our family rather than starting it. Cause I think there's this narrative that you're only a family when you've got kids, which is bollocks. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I think for me there was a there was a absolutely brutal dark time I couldn't look at a pregnant woman I remember phoning Andrew a couple of times at work and saying somebody's coming and they're pregnant and just not being just being inconsolable not being able to talk about it not being able to function deep deep depths of what's my life purpose going to be and I don't think that will ever leave me I don't I don't think I will ever stop grieving the fact that I didn't become a mum and who knows we may adopt but I don't think I'll ever uh, fully let go of or completely grieve the fact that I won't have a biological child or a birth child but I think what I've learned to do is manage that grief and I think that's what you have to do with any grief is it's an ongoing managing process and some days feel harder than others. I liken it a little bit to, I did a post about this. I think it was on the same post about the baby that I never had, where sometimes it's like the label from your cardigan, you know, if you're wearing a t-shirt and sometimes that label can dig in a bit, you put a certain t-shirt on and you're like, oh, I can really feel that label today and it's annoying. And then other days you put the t-shirt on and you don't even know that label's there. And it's a lot like that. And on the days where the label sticks in a bit, I suppose I think about what helps me what's hurting me and what will heal me and I think there are three things that everyone can use really on their own mental health journey what's hurting what is it that is difficult that I'm really struggling with today what's going to help that and what's going to heal that and I think those three things have become a bit of a ongoing check-in mantra for me and um, a really close friend of mine on Instagram has just found out she's pregnant through IVF They've been trying for eight years to have a baby. And she said in her post, this isn't, you know, having a baby doesn't doesn't negate your infertility journey. She's still infertile. She'll never be able to have a baby biologically, naturally. She can't. Uh, she's still infertile, but this is the next part of her journey and the next part of her chapter. So it's it's awful. It's it's all it's awful. It's it's a disease that people don't fully understand. It's a disease that lots of companies don't understand it's an ongoing push and pull of I can't be part of lots of conversations I can't be part of the mummy club but I'm in a place now where I'm probably in the best place I've been with it I think Andrew would agree probably for the last maybe decades <laughs> I don't know like, mm. I think I've I think I've uh I've just learned how to carry it is probably what I've done it's still there and it still hurts me and it still affects me and I still have times where I cry about it and I get upset about it and it feels difficult and hard but I just think I just carry it a bit better really that's like I, I love your honesty and it's I, I, I like I said I can't imagine what it must be like because I, I don't have kids I've we we don't know if we could have kids yet we don't <laughs> but I think that if, if I got to that stage I, as, as a bloke I wouldn't like you said, I'd probably compartmentalise it and not really know how to deal with it. Um, but again, based on all the other mental health aspects of my life that I've been through over the last couple of years, I I would need. I think I'd need to speak about it and need to kind of like grieve and talk to people and just let people know how I feel because it it must just be like very very difficult to deal with, and I couldn't imagine what what that's like and I think that's um yeah that's the amount of times I said to Pat you know if I could do anything to change the situation you're in to change how life has kind of been for you for the last 
yeah decade or so I would like I think that's I think that's one of the things I found so hard is I'm and I've kind of had to learn this a bit over the last few years myself is that I'm very much like there's a problem let's fix it (laughs) you know that this has happened right what can we do to fix it I'm that's kind of my automatic we can fix this let's find there'll be something we can do to fix it and and I've had to kind of walk alongside Pat's with this and think I can't fix this Mm. there's nothing I can do that's going to change this situation I can't fix it for you as much as every bone in my body wishes I could and that's been that's that's been really sad for me to kind of not be able to do that but also to have to go and you can't always fix everything Mm. like as hard as that is and as as sad as that is at times you can't fix it but but I can just be there and I can love her and I can be at the end of the phone if she needs to talk about anything I can and that's that's what I've had to sort of learn through this is I can't fix it but I can actually just just be there in whatever form she may need me at different times and and that's that's all you can do as a as a as a sister as a friend to anybody yeah. that's that's going that through is, do you this. know that is so vital that we bring those voices into this community you know so many people want to talk to me about what it's been like but it's so vital that we also bring people into the space that have that have watched people they love not get mm. the outcome they want you know fertility treatment mm. isn't destined to work we've never had mm. IVF I couldn't go through it that's a whole other conversation but we've got to bring in the voices of those people that have stood alongside us and have, have stood shoulder to shoulder with us because it there you can't fix it you and can't give me a baby she mm. she can't the very thing that I long and desire and that impacts my mental health has impacted my mental health the most over the last nine or 10 years and can't do it for me but what she can do is show up for me and be there for me and listen to me and I get so many messages from people on Instagram saying my friend is going through this I've just I've just found out I'm pregnant I've got a mate who's infertile what do I do how do and Angie's voices Angie's voice or the the voices of people like Angie is so important in this community too Mm -hmm. because it's only with community that people feel able to get through this we can't we can't get through this in isolation and Mm -hmm. also our spouses and our partners can't always be the one that rescue us because they are in it too Matthew is in Mm -hmm. this with me too Matthew also isn't a dad a dad as much as I'm not a Mm mum and he grieves that differently to me and it's a different journey for him but it those voices of people that say like Ange has this is what I can do they're they're vital too in in the journey and the story of people having some sort of acceptance of their childless child-free life I suppose and I think it's just having those conversations again like like everything in mental health it's just literally (laughs) I I mean I I felt difficult asking you that question because I know that it's so personal to you and that it, oh it's fine you can ask me anything no I know but you, you know, you know do you know what I mean though it's it's yeah it's, it's fine it's, like, it's, it's, it's such that's a the thing that's the other thing I searched for my story I searched for the fat girl that couldn't have a baby that was told by, by professionals it's because you're fat and I couldn't find it and I said I'll tell it then I'm gobby enough I'm thick-skinned enough whatever I'll tell it I'll tell my story because I don't want anybody out there who hasn't got an Ange or hasn't got the husband that I've got or hasn't got the people around them to go through this on their own 
So anyone can ask me anything, you know, it's my story. And if I don't want to answer the question, I'll say, I don't want to answer that. But there's very few questions Mm. I won't answer (laughs) because it's so important. And if one person listens to this podcast and hears the perspective of somebody who supported somebody through infertility and somebody who's walked it and feels slightly less alone, then our job here is done. We've done what Mm. we, you know, should be doing. So it's important that those people that feel able to talk about it do because there's so many people who don't which is obviously Mm. absolutely fine we all deal with and manage things differently but it's so important to me that people know that the space that I have created online and my story is is as much as other people want to talk about it I will talk about it too it's fine there's nothing you can't ask ask me essentially we're we're very much an open book Luke we are we are because we we know we we both know we've both experienced traumatic things we've both had our own issues with mental health we've both had Mm. trauma and if there's one person in the room that goes god I feel less alone because Ange talked about that or Ruth talked about that or you know and that's always been part of our podcast that's always been important to us people can listen to something and go I don't feel quite as alone as I did with that Mm. when this day started. Somebody else has voiced something that I'm feeling. God, that's, Mm. and we've both got our own stuff. Yeah, we were speaking a bit, Luke, while we're waiting for Patsy, because she was late. Yeah, that was was something, that was really the real kind of major part of the podcast that we started and why we started was because in amongst all the kind of, tough hard you know gritty shit of life that we all have at different points and have all experienced we also wanted to be able to say do you know what we can also find a load of stuff funny we can also kind of bring some kind of joy and some laughter and and I think that was so important for us in our podcast to kind of bring that stuff but also not shy away from the things that actually also need to be talked about and we don't want to we don't want anyone to feel alone in any situation because you know we're we're open to talking about it and that that was very important for us when when we sort of started our podcast and it works really well because it's it's awesome so (laughs) (laughs) just just gonna chuck that in there well thank Thank you you very much we've got a great episode coming up this week because we've got dawn french on it and she was hilarious oh wow yeah it's it's out i don't know when this episode is so funny Oh God, yeah. she's amazing. Oh, and just and did just you? We haven't lovely. really debriefed a lot, but did you think there were points where she was talking, and I was like, even her voice is so iconic. Yeah, voice I've heard so many times oh before. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like I'm so taken aback with how much I was sort of starstruck by her voice because it's a yeah. voice I've heard, and then all of a sudden I'm here having a conversation yeah. with her. Yeah. I was like, this is so weird. Yeah, it was very, very surreal. Yeah. She's got but one of those voices that as soon as she starts talking, so, you would go, you just know oh, it's God, her. that's Dawn French. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, sorry, she was sidetracked there. Lovely. She was brilliant. Yeah. She was great. I'm gonna I'm gonna change the topic very, very slightly, but yes. I I feel like I'll bring some happiness back to the podcast by asking both of you. I'm I'm really I'm really interested to see if this is the same thing as well. What is your happiest place in the world? Oh, Luke, that is a big one. Happiest place in the world. I think for me, it's when I'm with people I love, whoever that may be. So there's lots and lots of you know. For me, it's not a place; it's people. I would say is the thing that gives me the most joy and makes me the happiest. And there is a there is a there's a number of people in that list but places don't make me happy people do and when I get the opportunity to really 
spend time with those people that I love, I could be anywhere. I, I could be freezing cold at a football match. If I'm with those people that I love and love me, I, I, I'd be having fun. I could be on the beach in the Bahamas. Um, and if I was on a beach in the Bahamas with people that didn't weren't life-giving to me or bring me joy, I know I probably wouldn't be having a very good time. I mean, you'd sort of suck it up, wouldn't you? It'd be all right. But uh, well, there's a few cocktails chucked. Yeah, in exactly. You could just yeah. get leathered. Yeah, yeah, get um, leathered, yeah. <laughs> Let's drink responsibly, guys. We are not on the stress <laughs> sessions advocating. Anyone goes out and gets leathered tonight or any night. Bladdered. Uh, but I think for me, it's definitely people. Um yeah, I think I'd I'd probably be with you there, perhaps, is is ultimately it's people, but I think there is something for me about being near the sea. I love being by the sea, and that can be on a cold, horrible, blustery day, or it can be when there's a bright blue sky and sunshine. I I don't know, whenever I'm near the yeah, sea. Yeah, but if you were by the sea no, with Adolf think... Hitler, you'd be having a shit time. Well no. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but I think for me, I could be by the sea on my own with Hitler, and you'd be able. No, to not not obviously with Hitler. I don't think anybody would want to be hanging around with Hitler. Um, I'm not going to mention the. I'm not going to mention the, the P person then. No, oh, well, I, I was, was going to go with to... him, and then I just thought, actually, Ooh. I'm going to go with Hitler because yeah, yeah. No, let's not go there. Let's not go there. No, but I, I, I could just I could... don't mention the war. <laughs> <laughs> too soon Pat this is a bit too, too soon, soon to bring in those jokes um but yeah I think yes yes ultimately wherever you are if you're with people that you love and you love being with and hanging around with yes obviously all of those things but there is there has always been something for me about being near the sea near the sea in the sea I love swimming in the sea there's just something about that that um it's weird because it it makes me feel very small as in I look out at this kind of like the vastness of like the sea and the ocean or whatever and I feel I feel so small in amongst everything else but there's also something about being there that makes me feel really alive you know what, I guys? Love- when I've done my laundry and I've packed it away, I get my longboard out. I go, I go to my longboard. I go to the ocean, and I'm telling you, <laughs> I just I feel so small, but I feel so free. I, I, I just feel at one. I take my shoes off. I feel my sand between. I do. I do all of those things because I, I think about that fucking that. laundry. I've got to do. <laughs> <laughs> I and do, you went and really I know. Wanky then you went really wanky. No, because I, I'm answering Lou's question. Like yeah, that's a in place a that makes way. me. That's a place that makes me happy. I love that. That being there. Free. I love being by the you sea. I love being on a beach. Free. All of those sort of things. I hate the beach. Make me very happy, and also my dog makes me very happy. Oh yeah, my oh. cats. They would. I absolutely yeah. love just taking Hang her on. out for a walk. Yeah. Just being outside with her or her yeah. just following me around as she quite Hanging often out. does. And yeah. I I yeah. love having that. I love her being around and, and she absolutely does make me happy. So there we yeah. go. There's there's sort of the, the wanky end of the spectrum, which actually does make me happy. Um, and I love being there to the kind of more everyday, just being around my dog and having my dog around also makes me very happy. No, just think, think... us said each other. Patty does not make me happy. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to say that. So there we go. We can chuck that one in for good measure. 
<laughs> I, I, I think I'd rather my happy place in your shoes would be with your dog rather than the beach with Adolf. So. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I definitely yeah. take that as well. Luke, to yeah, be I mean, exactly. Patty comes along and starts bringing Hitler into the mix. I mean, yeah. bloody hell. Yeah. Yeah. But I see so that's I find that really strange that people say the beach is their favourite place because I I don't mind the beach, but I had a really bad experience when I was so I went to I was in the Dominican Republic and my wife thought it was a good idea to swim with dolphins. And I don't like open water anyway because I just get shit scared of like fish being around me. Like literally, if there's fish I around me, that, yeah. I'll shit myself. <laughs> we got into this, so, so we we did this swimming with dolphins experience, right? And it was in it was quite looking back on it, it was quite cruel because they're in like a sectioned off area of the of the, oh. of the sea, and I wouldn't do it now because it was yeah, we were young, didn't know any better. But, young and foolish. <laughs> yeah, we got into this. We got into the sea, and there was these fish. No lie about like. A foot long. Oh my god. There was gosh. hundreds of them everywhere. surrounding me everywhere. And I was like, fuck this, I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> my wife was like, no, go on, go on. And you know, when you're when you're in that stage of the relationship still, when you're like, oh, I've got to do it because like they might think I'm absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was I think it's like three years into the relationship, so we're still quite young. Yeah. And um, so I swam out and I was like, I'll go first, swam out, and these dolphins just like approached me. And they were like fucking shark silhouettes coming underneath me. Oh and then they pick gosh. you up and then, and then just throw you up by your heels into the air. And I was like, <laughs> but that, but the feeling that I had in my stomach, I literally felt like it was the most anxiety I've ever Terrifying. had. I just, yeah. I felt like I was going to die. So <laughs> I will not, I will not so you're be going. you with the sea thing. I will not be I going swimming like with dolphins beach. anytime I soon. I don't like the beach. I don't like the beach. I hate the beach. In fact, the last family holiday that we went on mm. all together, oh, the beach we we very worst. much knew that Patty hated the beach. I hate, I hate yeah, the beach. it was you know it was a constant it was a constant conversation. I hate this. I hate this. I hate sand. I hate, I hate sand, being here. It's too hot. Sand. It's horrible. I'm going home. Bye. Hate you. Bye. Yeah, yeah it was that you. sort of. Oh, right. Very Kevin and Perry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I the only thing it, that so there we go. The, the thing the thing about Kevin and Perry that reminds me of the beach is the turd in the sea. That's the only thing yeah. I can remember. <laughs> yeah, no, Kevin that is not go good, on. is it? Turds in the sea. Turds in the sea. It's a great yeah. film, though. Yeah, great yeah. film. Yeah, very good. <laughs> I, oh, I've loved having you on here. It's been so funny. Oh, bless but also serious so and and serious at the same time. It's it's yes. been good. It's what I've, we try to do. It's, it's just been quite light-hearted, but also informative at the same time, which is awesome. Wow. I don't think anything's ever been informative. Not that we've done anything. No, no. So, yeah, we'll take that, Luke. Thanks. Take that. What, what I wanted to ask you, so your podcast, Finding the Funny, I don't know if you've done this on the spot before, but what is, uh, you can either do one together or, or one each. Have you got a really good joke that you can tell to listeners of the stress sessions oh man i am shit at jokes yeah me too we're not joke tellers no i honestly we just finding the funny is just us dicking around really (laughs) it's It's basically us chatting a load of shit a lot of the time I don't think we're joke tellers, are we? We're observational I, you know humour kind of thing. I just can't remember jokes. That's not no, like I, I you know, someone will tell me a great joke, I love it, I'm cracking up, but you ask me to repeat it, forget it. It's forget like it. in, out. Forget it, forget, forget it. Forget it. 
uh we we just, yeah i don't i don't i wouldn't say we're joke tellers though are we mal you need to get mal on oh, mal. Sessions. mal mal is a great oh, dad. joke teller our dad yeah. is, is oh, a joke yeah. teller your jokes your little ditties your little yeah, you know little little nuggets of information that yeah, that's mal. hilarious that's your mal yeah we are but not I, mal. I would say we're not, yeah we're not really joke tellers i've got like one of my favourite funniest stories that we tell on the podcast, I think Andrew will probably agree with this, is I talk about having to do the slide through from the passenger side. The slide through. And yeah. the fact that so, it... uh, somebody's somebody's parked too close too to close the driver's to side for oh. me to get in. So I've had to go. And as a, as a larger girl, as a fat woman, that that is hmm. tricky. You know, and so it, bake off and bad. That's, that's in the episode called Bake Off and Bad Parking. And I would mm. say that's probably one of our... Off the top of my head, that's probably one yeah, of our funniest That is a very moments. funny story. Yeah. And it, it's weird because, like you said earlier, Luke, about the tangents, we, we oh, so we love often a tangent. will start on one subject and end up going off yeah. onto numerous different tangents. And I think, although yeah. this wasn't a tangent one, my, we have a segment called What's Getting On My Shitting Tits. And oh, I yeah, generally yeah. bring that. And I've brought the fact that, I bloody parked in this car parking space and this bloody car literally parked right next to my door. I can't get in. And that's how we then got the whole story about Patty having to do the slide through, which then became like one of these absolutely hilarious stories. Like you say, Pat, it's probably one of the funniest we, we've done yeah. actually is, is you having to, to do your slide through and then you got your shoes stuck and, and you started oh, crying God. and started crying. So if you want to listen to us being just stupid, that's quite a good episode. <laughs> yeah. Bake off on bad parking. Mm, yeah. But yeah, no jokes. We're, just we're not really shit. joke tellers. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, I, really I, down there, your so, yeah. Not joke tellers, but banter queens. We, we love go. banter. Yeah, the old we, banter. We banter. We banter each other a lot. And we it's good yeah. because we're sisters. We can go quite far with it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we can. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it. jokes we that. are not good at. That's fine. I mean, I wasn't expecting yeah. anything because I was just no. like, who, who brings jokes with them to a who podcast? But... Jokes? Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely not us. Not us. <laughs> right. I'm going to do this quick fire round because I'm really, but there's a few of these that I'm like, there's going to be differences here. I'm interested, okay. right? So the first one is tea or coffee? Coffee, coffee. Oh, okay, cats or dogs? Dogs, dogs. No, I only Patty. have a dog because Matthew, Matthew doesn't like dogs. I love you need dogs. To just, why don't you just kick Marty out? Yeah, just get a dog. <laughs> kick Marty out. And get a dog get in. A dog. Yeah, I'll just do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was really you hoping you'd say cats. No. I do love cats. I I probably wouldn't have a choice. I love both of them equally. Mm. Okay, I've I've got a cat and I love my cat because he's like a dog. So yeah, yeah, our cat. Get like yourself dog. a cat dog. Yeah, a cog. <laughs> cog. Cog. <laughs> <laughs> Summer or winter? Winter. Oh. No, I'm going to go summer. Texting or talking? Texting. Talking. Talking. Texting. Day or night? Night. Oh, I know the answer to this one already. Beach holidays or city breaks? Beach. Pool holidays. I don't want to go on a city break <laughs> oh, or sit by a pool. I'm, do you know what? I don't know why I've not put that in there because I would go for the pool holiday as well. Yeah, pool holiday. Yeah. I don't want to go on a beach, but I definitely don't want to go to a city. I want to you get no pool. shit in sand on you then. Exactly. Mm. Mm. 
you know, there's pros and cons, guys. You know, there is a nice things about the beach no, as mate. well. No, mate. Well, I would there's take one, the beach. It, there's one pro about a beach, which is if you're a kid building a sandcastle, that's it. But you can still be a kid. <laughs> well, you could just, you know, you're just basically a big kid on the beach. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's my vibe. A good book or a good film? Film. Book, probably. And this is this is one just aimed purely at you guys. Gavin and Stacey or The Late Late Show? Gavin, Gavin and Stacey. Stacey. Yay! I'm, glad, I'm so glad you said <laughs> definitely that. Definitely Gavin and Stacey. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Literally, it's literally the best, like, it ever. Programme ever. Agreed. And I know you would say that because you're a bit biased, but yeah, it is. yeah, it's, it's it is iconic. good. Though. Even if he it wasn't is. our brother, I'd still say the same thing. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm glad. And the and the American Office, I'd say that and the American. Oh, great show! The best. No, yeah. the 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 British Office is better than, no. than the American. Office. No, no. Yeah. Well, they're just they're two different shows. They're two no. different shows. You can't. The British Office is the only office. That's it. No. There American is no American other office. No. I have it's to got disagree. Americans in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't got Gervais. There we go. That's it. I mean, Gervais is good, but Steve Crow is amazing. Yeah, Steve Crow is amazing. Yeah. No, 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 no. And that is that. Is, that is the end. That is that is that is the stress sessions. That is the stress sessions. Thank you so much, Luke. Luke it's been great to chat to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Let us know when you... it's out. We'll obviously pro. Yeah, probably, you know, we'll, let us we'll know plug if you it. want us to put anything up. We'll plug it. We'll promo it. Whatever you want, just send it to us. We'll, we'll. You can send it. Don't worry about sending it to Matt or Minnie. Just send it directly to us on Instagram. So, we can okay, get yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. Let us know. Right. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Thanks, Luke. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Speak to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Ruth and Ange for coming on the stress sessions. That was such a good chat with them. I love that. And they're so, so funny. I'm, I mean, they've got their own podcast called Finding the Funny. So yeah, goes with the name, doesn't it? But yeah, what a great chat. And I hope you lot got something out of that because I certainly did. And I had a good old laugh too. Like that was, I think a lot of these are quite serious, not serious, like, because there's always like some bantery chat in there, but I think just having three of us on the podcast just worked. Um, and that was the first podcast that I've recorded, recorded, recorded <laughs> since, since series one with three people. There was me and two guests. Um, I had Mary and Adrienne um, on series one of the stress sessions um, from America. And since then I've only ever had one guest per episode but that but that just worked it's really really good um and the rapport they've got is brilliant so yeah thank you so much to them for coming on um just a quick reminder that as I say in every single episode I am not a professional and I don't claim to be either nor are my guests so if you do ever need any help and support with your mental health then please 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 visit the link in the podcast notes where you'll find some really helpful links to how to get help for mental health um, if you've got a mental health illness. So yeah, check that out and um, it will take you to everything that you need. Um, yeah, that's it for this week. I will be back next week with another great podcast. I won't leave you hanging again like I did this week, so don't worry about that. And um, yeah, another great guest. 
Um, this this one's going to be a bit different as well because it's a re-record of one that didn't actually get recorded the first time around. But I'll let you um, find out about that next week. But yeah, have a lovely week and I will speak to you later. Bye. <laughs>